0: The left has severely, severely overplayed its hand on abortion, and the backlash is real. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. What's going on, Problematics? This is Rob Smith, of course. Um, We're going to do a whole episode on abortion today. We're going to do a whole episode on the Roe versus Wade conversation that is a national conversation right now. And look, this is going to be uh, pretty freewheeling right now. I would love at some point to do an in-depth interview with a woman, um, a conservative woman, about this issue. Um, and I will do that in the future. But for now, Problematics, let's just me and you speak about this. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about exactly what is going on right now. It is it's quite obvious that America has been embroiled in this conversation, um, at a much higher level over the past couple of weeks. Of course, starting with the unprecedented leak of the draft ruling that would overturn Roe versus Wade. This was leaked by Politico. Uh, it was a very big deal. If you listen to the episode I did, I believe it was on May tenth. I kind of went into the drama about all that stuff. So I'm not going to rehash that. Please go back, uh, download, listen to that episode. But now we know that that reporting was real, that journalism was real, and Roe versus Wade has now been overturned. There are so many fundamentally very interesting things going on right now. My mind wants to go right to the racial aspect of this, uh, which is sort of being ginned up by a lot of people on the left in regards to the attacks that seem to be a lot more intense on Clarence Thomas than they are on any other Supreme Court justice as well as the fact that Planned Parenthood now has a black CEO to peddle this poisonous idea that abortion is healthcare to young black mothers. But I'm not going to get into that. I'll get into that next segment. I, I think that the interesting thing to note, no matter what you think about abortion, and I've spoken of what I think about abortion in the past. If you've not listened to that, I want to reiterate it right now. The vast majority of Americans believe in abortion in the first trimester. That is literally within the first 12 weeks. The vast majority. Not that, not, you know, it's not some, you know, 99% want this and 1% don't, but the, a majority do enough of a majority to come to have come to a bipartisan consensus on what abortion looks like in this country and that was enough of a majority so that if the obama administration had codified the ruling into law which means that if the supreme court rules something you can have an administration that codifies this in the law that basically says that this ruling stands this will be the law that is that The Obama administration, for whatever reason, did not do that. I do not know why the cynical political animal in me thinks that they knew that this day could somehow come and that they knew that they could use this uh, for more fundraising, for more outrage. That is a party that is built on outrage. But what stands is this? That the left severely overplayed their hand on abortion. I'll tell you how. If you look at... The way the left speaks of abortion right now, the way Democrats speak of abortion right now, the way pro-abortion women and men on the left speak of abortion right now, it has so thoroughly devolved, I would say, in the past 20, 30 years in in much the same way that the language and rhetoric and actions of the Democratic Party have, have devolved, right? Abortion... Came a has come a very long way from safe, legal, and rare. And I did not come up with this. You know, Tulsi Gabbard, when she was running for president, I remember I think that she had said this in, in one of the debates. And I thought that it was just so, I thought that it was just such a fundamental truth about the way that this issue in this country has so thoroughly devolved. So now with the left and in the ways that they have spoken about abortion over the past couple of years, particularly, and I talk about the sort of devolution of our society, of our rhetoric, of our discourse, and how we interact with each other, I, I've talked very openly and very extensively, I think, about the role that social media has played in this, right? Even to the interactions that you would have with a complete stranger in the grocery store. Everything is sort of heightened now that everybody's got a camera and they can put you on blast on Twitter and all these other things. And I think that the conversation that has happened about abortion is a part of that, right? So the left went from safe, legal, and rare, and we are going to fight for your right to, to make this happen in certain instances, right? Whether it be the first trimester, whether it be rape, incest, et cetera, et cetera. They have gone from that to... Wealthy spoiled Hollywood actresses ranting and screaming in the streets about having abortions because they had three or four abortions and they wouldn't be so fabulous and wealthy and famous Hollywood actresses if they had not had these four abortions, right? Fine, whatever. When I talk about the devolution of the discourse around abortion, I think that. It's like this, and, and far be it for me to assume anything because I'm, I'm not a woman, I never, I never will be. Uh, I have no desire to go trans on any of you, but I would think this. I would think that having an abortion is a very personal and private decision for a woman. It's probably a very hurtful and painful decision. Uh, it, it's probably fraught with the kind of mental anguish that I could likely never understand as a man, right? And so instead of having that conversation, instead of of keeping sort of that emotion um, and that seriousness of the decision, because it is a very serious decision the language that the left has used to talk about abortion has devolved into shouting the abortion and, you know, having angry rallies where, yes, I had this abortion because now I can walk red carpets. And had I had that child, I would not have been able to do that. And shouting the abortion, and there was something that I came across on Twitter, I think it was lives of TikTok, this woman was mailing her period blood to some, to the supreme court yeah, this is, i mean you know this is this is gross stuff but it, like this is who these people are i mean it, it is it has come to the point where it's a party of mental illness at this point right and so these are the conversations and not only that not only the devolution of the language in which they use to speak of abortion but the devolution in terms of what is acceptable and and what are the social mores in terms of the timing for a woman to have abortion right and if you go back to that may 10th episode you will listen to uh the governor ralph northam you know governor blackface down there uh in virginia ex-governor by the way uh, uh because he got knocked out by Yunkin. but there was a clip that went viral where he basically was saying that you know, if, if a mother has a child, then she will be kept comfortable, and the child will be kept comfortable, and we will talk about what to do afterwards. And this shocked the nation. I mean, it, it really, and I, I don't want to overstate this, this shocked the nation. This video got millions of views. This was an interview that Northam did. It got millions of views on social media, right? Right. It was all over conservative media. Of course, the only reason that you would not see something like this in liberal mainstream media is because it does not fit their agenda. And when I saw this video, I was shocked because at this point right now, we are talking about infanticide. At this point right now, we are talking about abortion on demand. And when you look at all of your favorite media figures, whether it be you know Elizabeth Warren, whether it be... Stacey Abrams, when all of these people are going to do their media hits right now and they're being asked about Roe versus Wade and they're pressed by journalists about, you know, at what point um, would you believe that, you know, you, you maybe shouldn't have an abortion, right? They will not give a date. They will not firmly commit to this because they know that their base has committed to abortion on demand and i know that that's a tough statement i know that it's that that statement is a gut punch but this is literally what these people are advocating for they're advocating for zero restrictions on abortion whether it is the amount of whether it's the trimester uh whether whatever case it is they want no restrictions these people <laughs> these leftist women and i'm sorry i laughed because it's also ridiculous and it's and it's also dark they are fighting for the right at this point and do not ever let these people tell you otherwise that they are fighting for the right to waddle into Planned Parenthood nine months pregnant and get an abortion this is the the right that they are quote-unquote fighting for right now and do not ever let these people tell you it's not because if it was not then they would be open and willing to say at what point do they think abortion should no longer be an option they cannot say these things because they believe in abortion on demand full stop folks so don't let their emotions fool you and don't let them use all of these other things to sort of cloud the issue you know i'll I'll likely never you know do uh, a Fox News segment talking about abortion is obviously not my wheelhouse, right? So I'd never be on uh, national television speaking to this issue. But if I was, or if I was a conservative woman or whatever, the if you are battling with the liberal about abortion, the only thing that you have to ask them is that at what point do you believe that abortion should be... At what point do you think that it's wrong? At what point do you think that the choice should not be left up to the mother anymore? At what point do you think that that child is a human being that that should not be killed? They cannot answer that because they know that their base believes in abortion on demand, and they know that they will not do anything to upset that base. And speaking of bases and speaking of this whole abortion issue, of course, one of the biggest bases for Democrats is black Americans. And now... Planned Parenthood has a new puppet to trot out in front of the media. She happens to be a black woman advocating for abortion on demand for black women and also comparing all of this stuff to slavery. I am not even joking at all. I'll get to you with that right after the break. Hey, this is Vivek
2: Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Problematics, welcome back. Today we are talking about the abortion issue. Of course, the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe versus Wade is the only thing people are talking about right now. And it's exposing, once again, these schisms that we have in America, these schisms that Could possibly be fixed at some point, but I think that, you know, we have a politics and we have a media that is so uh, consumed with sort of stoking outrage on on both sides. But before the break, I started talking a little bit more about how abortion and how abortion affects black Americans and how the Planned Parenthood lobby is now using a black woman to promote their agenda. But before I get into to her, the new Planned Parenthood CEO, and first of all, I knew, I, I think that before I knew this woman was a black woman, her name is Alexis McGill Johnson. You know, this is not PC. I, I will tell you this, when I first saw her, her photo, I did not know that she was black. She's a very fair-skinned black woman. But when you see her, you when you see her do, do media hits, you, she's definitely a black woman, right? And before I knew um, that they had announced this woman, I said, and this is when I first, when... I first started really learning about the history of Planned Parenthood, and I sort of developed my views on abortion, which, by the way, are, I don't think I got to them in the first segment, I do not believe in abortion after the first trimester, I don't. Um, I do believe, I do believe in choice up through the first trimester, I do, so I'm on record as believing in that, Um, I do, it just, it, it, it is what it is, I am who I am, that is what I believe, full stop, but moving on. When I was educating myself about the Planned Parenthood lobby and the founding of Planned Parenthood and all that stuff, um, Planned Parenthood was founded by a white supremacist named Margaret Sanger, whose goal was to, and I quote, exterminate the black population like weeds. This is the woman who started Planned Parenthood. And it's very interesting connecting how she started Planned Parenthood and how she partnered with the Ku Klux Klan and all of these other absolute hardcore racists and white supremacists. Um there was a statement that she made that said we don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the negro population. She partnered with black preachers in the neighborhoods to, to get the message out that, you know, abortion was healthcare, you know, abortion you know, the same things that they're saying now, you know, abortion is good for black people if you don't want these babies all this other stuff, right? So this is the founding of of planned parenthood and this is sort of how African Americans were used to murder Other African Americans right And this is all if you guys do not believe me Just please uh, google this stuff Look it up I was shocked I learned About this little nugget by the way Via Candace Owens Listening I think I was listening To something like that or reading something She tweeted or whatever and when I learned this I number one I was Shocked and number two my first question was Why did I not know this I was in my Early 30s at this point By the time I had learned that And so why did I not know that? Of course I did not know that, uh, because the powers that be did not want me to know this. Uh, The powers that be do not want black people to realize that 40% of abortions carried out via Planned Parenthood are of black children. True story. Real facts. Google it. So these are things that deeply affect the African-American community that still stubbornly is stuck at about, you know, 12-13% of the population. As opposed to the vast majority of Latinos-Hispanics, that is a... um, Latinos-Hispanics do not believe in abortion. They they do not believe in it. They do not like it. They are not here for it. There's nothing that you can tell them differently about that. Maybe some of the younger activist types that have been sort of absorbed into... um, Limousine liberal leftism will be out here fighting for this, but Hispanics as a culture do not believe in abortion. Look at their population rate. Look at how many Hispanics there are in America. That is why they are a much more powerful voting demographic than African Americans, right? So back to uh, Miss Alexis McGill-Johnson. This is somebody that will absolutely be used at this point in time to go in the media and to pushed the message to black women that abortion is healthcare. This is what the left does. They find these puppets, they find these lackeys, and I knew that they would find a black woman, like I said, before I even knew that they had appointed one, before I even knew that she was black. I knew they'd find a black woman because they need Alexis McGill-Johnson to go, not only on MSNBC and, and CNN and all of that other stuff... But they need her to go on BET. That is that is coming. She will become an icon and a very big figure in the black community. They will trot her out to BET. They will trot her out to every sort of left-wing media outlet that is used to spread Democrat propaganda because she's black. And they're going to use her black face to sell this message to young black women that killing their babies is healthcare. And she'll also use racial equity rhetoric and she'll use slavery rhetoric and she'll use all of these different things to push that agenda. In fact, she is already doing this. I want you to listen to this. This is outrageous. It's something that I, I couldn't even believe I was hearing it when she said it, but you know, this is what she's there for. And so, so this is what it is. This is her on MSNBC?
2: Well, look, I mean, we are greatly appreciative of the White House uh, and the administration doing as much as they can uh, in every agency to be as creative as possible to get people the care they need uh, and get people to care. We have seen such extreme laws being introduced in states like Missouri and Louisiana, criminalizing not just telemedication abortion, but also things like contraception, IUDs, uh, perhaps IVF. uh, And that idea that you couldn't travel across your own state boundary um, is just uh, just such a bizarre construct, right? It just obviously harkens back to, to slavery. So we are incredibly concerned about what might happen and to have the White House uh, and the administration thinking about all of the ways to get care to people is so important.
0: Harkens back to slavery. That's the point. Alexis McGill Johnson is doing her job because her job is to make abortion now not only a women's rights issue but a racial equity issue and equity is their word not mine this is the word that they use Uh, equity means everything and nothing at the same time but this is what they will do in the future and this is what this is who they will use and this is what they will use to brainwash the next generation of young black Americans especially women, into believing that they have some sort of constitutional right, that it is their right to have abortions. And again, I have to reiterate this, not just abortion, not just abortion within the first trimester, abortion on demand. Again, which is something that all of these people are backed into, but none of them will actually say if they believe in any restrictions on abortion at all, because whether or not they personally believe it, they know that they cannot say this because it may upset their base. And I am no constitutional law professor at all, but there are some legal aspects to this as well. And what I want to do, I'm going to come back in um, right after the break And I'm going to play you a a very, very intelligent, I believe, legal discussion that was had on on CNN by my friend Carrie Sheffield, who is a a pro-life conservative woman. And I want you to hear what she had to say. It was a very important exchange right after the break. All right, Problematics, welcome back. I want to play you um a clip from a cnn segment it's it's a little long clip it's about four minutes but i think that that is very important uh because my friend carrie sheffield who is she was a uh, a reporter for political she's just done a lot of stuff She is a conservative woman percy's a personal friend of mine a very brilliant very intelligent woman um and has helped me a lot in my media career but she had just sent me this clip this morning uh And she wanted me to uh, to, to watch, and I watched, and I was blown away just by the level of this conversation. So not only her speaking from a legal perspective, but her speaking from a legal perspective encountering uh, just this insane liberal who I believe is uh, some former congresswoman. So I want you to listen to this.
3: When you saw what happened, Carrie, what did you think? And what do you think about this argument that this is a precedent-setting case? And you heard the justices there saying, we would not mess with precedent precedent is precedent and we're going to leave it as it is but that's not what happened today.
1: Sure so I rejoiced I felt like we finally had justice for the unborn the preborn children and so I felt deep gratitude that this has been finally recognized after 50 years of striving and fighting for this moment. Um, in terms of the precedent, I think what, what I've heard from people who work and have worked with these justices, they said that they would respect precedent, but just because you understand or respect precedent does not mean that precedent should stand. For example, in the case of Plessy versus Ferguson, which established separate but equal, that was in 1896, and it was overturned with bro- uh, the board, Brown v. Board of Education in 1954, many decades later. And so certainly understanding that precedent is not, by no means ironclad, but that there is a moral, way and a moral right, that the personhood of the child that is pre-born should be recognized as something that is enumerated to the states. And so the word, the enumeration, within the Constitution, which I have right here tonight, it is is an enumerated uh, right that the states have. Anything that is not enumerated to the federal government shall be uh, with the states, and that is what we see here.
3: So let me ask you this, because the states are doing this, right? This is now up to the states. But there are Republicans trying to push forward a federal ban on abortions that are more than 15 weeks. Do you agree that a federal ban should be put in place?
1: Well, I think what's important to just take a step back and note that if you're, if you're living in California or New York or the you know, more progressive right. areas, nothing will
3: change. This is where things are. And we I think wait, that wait, when you're talking a federal about ban comes I mean, in, yeah. Yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Well,
1: yes. Abby, but I didn't, you literally just decided. So, so you
3: don't, but do you think, just yes or no, Is it, should this be also a federal ban eventually? In well, your mind,
1: I, I personally prefer that, but I know that that people on the other side don't prefer that, and so that is the beauty of federalism—to say there will that people will migrate, they will vote with their feet at the end of the day. So, as much as I would like to see a federal ban, I know that that is politically unlikely. And so that, I think, is the best compromise. And in fact, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that she... You not say her uh, let me name quote, tonight let from me your mouth her. after Excuse what you just me. said. You were literally... Me, you cited I'm
2: going 18- go to disres- you you just go to Abby. You literally just cited a case from 1896 before women had the right to vote in this country. What happened today is absolutely horrifying. Every single person in this country, including you, who's celebrating today about this overturning, you support a 12-year-old who's been raped to have to Actually, carry her pregnancy to term. That is Excuse what you support. Me. You support women dying in this country if they have an atopic pregnancy because you that is what will happen. But you my do. Mouth. That me? is what you that support. Me? That is not okay. That, is what, me, so me, me, that is what you support when you support overturning Roe. Because that is what this I'm decision has caused. That is what this decision has caused. Hold on a second. Hold on.
3: Hold on. Okay. So, taking away my
2: rights and supporting it is disrespectful. So,
3: Abby makes one point about Plessy versus Ferguson. And I have heard this argument before. I think everyone has heard the argument uh, that this was back in the 1800s. And then, 54 years later, Brown versus Board of Education came up and a decision was made um, that reversed that. I I do want to ask you, Abby, what do you think about that particular argument? Because all Americans, probably at this point, I-, I would say most Americans, think that was the right decision. And what Kerry is saying is this is also a moral decision, and this well, is, this you is can, the right decision. You
2: can have your moral decisions and your moral beliefs. Sincerely, your religious beliefs, your moral beliefs, you should be able to have those in this country. It is the United States of America, and you should be able to act on your moral and religious beliefs. But what I am asking tonight is that people wake up in this country and respect me, respect women across this country, our choices, respect doctors. That is what this is about. Literally, women will die. That is what's happening. When Roe, again, is being overturned today, you will have 12-year-olds having to carry a rapist pregnancy to term. The answer is to happening. violence is not that more
1: violence. Abortion is violence. Is Abortion happening. is violence, All Abortion is violence to an unborn child. Abortion is violence.
0: Okay, so that was spicy. And I think the interesting thing about that segment is number one, you know, when you look at it, and and obviously, you know, you, you can tell who, who was uh, the conservative and you can tell who was the liberal, but there were a lot of very emotional arguments that were coming from the liberal about the abortion thing. Oh, this you support this twelve-year-old having to do this, and then you support this, why and z and like Carrie was said, you know, they're putting words in people's mouths. And when you watch this clip, and, and I'm physically watching it while I was pulling the audio for you guys, you can see the liberal woman, Abby something or other, I, I think she's a former congresswoman, but she's just so, you get this, uh, the, her, her, she's shaking, You know her shoulders are clenching, she is so not used to being confronted with a view on this issue that differs from her own. And that is one of the biggest issues i think when we're debating and we're talking about um very very controversial and very divisive topics in this country is that people from opposite sides are very rarely faced with each other and they're very rarely faced with the opposition or somebody who thinks differently from them And I've spoken to you guys about this before. Like, I don't generally believe in bubbles. I would do, if I was invited on MSNBC, I'd do it. If I was invited on CNN, I would do it. Like I said before, I'm never invited on these networks, okay? It just doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen, right? Um, And, you know, when there's a liberal that I'm battling with on Fox, I mean, you know, I, I, I know what I believe and I know what to say. And so I say all this to say that there is and there was a lot of talk about the law and the constitutionality of all of this stuff there is no right to abortion in the constitution that's just where it stands and i don't care about where somebody that's further left than me on this issue believes uh about abortion i don't care what somebody that's further to the right of me it's somebody who maybe doesn't believe the way i do which i be- like i said i believe uh In in a woman's right to choose up through the first trimester, it doesn't matter (laughs) because what matters is that abortion is just not in the Constitution. And so if you have the Supreme Court and you have the Supreme Court that is there to interpret the law as it stands from the Constitution, then there's no constitutional right to abortion. And the first argument that the left wants to say, and of course me making this argument as a gay guy, is just, oh, they're coming for interracial marriage next, and they're coming for your gay marriage next, and all of this other stuff. And when they bring up that issue, I, I think no, first of all, because even when you think about uh, a Borgfell versus Hodges, which was the Supreme Court decision uh, that made gay marriage, marriage equality, whatever you want to call it, uh, the law of the land, when you look at that ruling, and when you look at the Supreme Court ruling that came Um, In 2020, by the way, which not a lot of people know about because this was a pro-LGBT rights ruling that came down, and it was a Trump-picked judge uh, under the Trump administration, but basically it said that LGBT people cannot be discriminated against via federal law because their discrimination would be on the basis of sex, right? And I would believe, again, not a constitutional law professor, I would believe that Obergefell would likely not be overturned on sort of one of those same statutes. Right. This is what I believe But the bottom line is this This conversation that we're having as Americans about abortion It is not going to change It is only going to get more and more intense And the thing that irritates me Right now The thing that irritates me is somebody Again, I may not be as far to the right on this issue As some of my problematics are And that is okay because this is America Right? So my frustration in America fighting this culture war again, and they're gonna be America's gonna be fighting this culture war for the next 30, 40, 50 years. This is not gonna change, it's endless, is the frustration with the system in and of itself, because you guys have to understand that the system is not built for compromise. This system is built for perpetual outrage and perpetual fundraising donations and perpetual calls from activists on the left to help survive you know help either stand for the right of women to have abortion on the man from the left or stand up for the rights on the right of you know pro-life people the rights of the unborn is the language that a lot of these pro-life people use and you know that's where i stand on all this stuff and i'm going to take this on again And you guys have all of my thoughts, my solo, my thoughts on abortion are here. This is what they are. I think the next time I take this on, and I will, I'm really going to get, I really would like to have an open and honest conversation with somebody that may be a little further to the right on abortion than I am, because maybe we could both learn something. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please. If you liked it, download and subscribe to Can't Cancel Rob Smith on iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate us and leave us a review. I do read them. I do take your feedback under consideration. And I do feel really good when I get new problematics or when I have people that are enjoying this. So thank you all a lot for listening As always, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RobSmithOnline, and I'll see you next time.